Hi, my name is Mark Riggins, and I'm pastor here at LifePoint, located in Plano, Texas, and we meet here every Sunday at 1030, and we are here for your family. I hope today's message is an encouragement to you. Well, good morning, everybody, and uh, wow, Isaac was pretty impressive looking, wasn't he, and did a good job, yeah. In fact, I hope this doesn't start like a new trend. You know, he's wearing his waders today. And Ryan is a surfer, our worship leader, and so let's hope he doesn't show up in his wetsuit next week, thinking that this is kind of a new thing that we do around here. How many of you, like say, I enjoy eating fish, I don't enjoy so much catching fish. How many of you, though, enjoy fishing? Wow, a lot of you, yeah. How many of you are like me and you enjoy eating fish, but not so much catching? Okay, good. Well, I love that, and so this theme of this series has a fishing theme, and I don't really know anything about fishing, so Isaac was kind of helping us understand the language and even a little bit of the look, but it's really important because 2,000 years ago when Jesus walked the earth, it was a very common way to make a living and a very common way to eat, and so the analogy made perfect sense to his audience, and now we've got a little bit of a gap because some of us don't do that anymore, and so we're going to hopefully be able to understand exactly what it is Jesus is talking about in this series that we're calling cast but let me start off by being very transparent because I think this is true Christians sharing their faith with non-Christians makes most people uncomfortable and you don't have to raise your hand if you agree with that but I suspect you do in fact if you're here and you aren't a follower of Jesus you dread when Christians come up to you and are kind of pushy with their faith. In the same way, what you might not know is those of us who are Jesus followers, we don't like being pushy with our faith or being identified with people who are pushy with their faith. And the reality is because both things are true, that most agree, whether you're a Jesus follower or not, that when it comes to matters of faith, let's just keep those things to ourselves. And we have a dilemma as a Jesus follower. Let's just be honest about it. I want to follow Jesus, but I don't want to sell Jesus. So what do we do? Whenever Jesus says, I want you to share your faith. I don't want to sell Jesus, but I am all in on following Jesus. And so if you're a non-Christian, you're here today, and you think sometimes we're kind of awkward when it comes to talking about our faith, we are. You're right. But I want you to see something different today. Maybe, just maybe, there is a refreshing way that Jesus can teach us. And what we're going to look at today is a real special passage of Scripture that I think gets lost in this thinking that is the first time Jesus ever shared his faith. It's the first time the recorded of Jesus sharing his faith. And we're going to watch the way Jesus shared his faith in those early years and the way he taught others to share their faith. And what we're going to see is not only the how-to, but we're going to see his heart behind all this and why this matters so much to him. And so what we're going to do today is a little bit unique in the way we're going to interact with the Bible is we're going to have kind of a chronological view of some passages. So if you want to go ahead and grab your Bibles, we're going to start off in John chapter 1. 
That's like page 860 in the Pew Bible, and we're also going to put it in the screen in a minute. And then we're going to go to Mark chapter 1, and then we're going to go back to John chapter 4, but that's actually a chronological progression from when Jesus shares his faith the first time and continues to share his faith going forward, and then how his followers share their faith. And here's my hope at the end of the day. Let me just give you this kind of disclaimer because some of you might already be nervous. Here's the disclaimer. I hope at the end of the service today that you don't feel a weight being put on you. Instead, you feel a refreshing excitement about the way Jesus invites us to share our faith. So with that said, let's look at this passage. The first time Jesus shares his faith. And let me just give you also this, because sometimes this is misunderstood. Oh, people who share their faith find it easy. And, and, and there are some who maybe do. Most people I know don't find it easy, don't find it comfortable, and they do it anyway. I just want us to see this way. This is the way Jesus taught. I think there's something here that hopefully will be an encouragement to you today, because the dilemma still is, I want to follow Jesus, but I don't want to sell Jesus. All right, so let's look at this passage together. It's John chapter 1. Now, here, let me give you a quick context. John chapter 1, as we look at it today, this is the first time Jesus shares his faith. We have this man named John the Baptist. He's not Baptist because of the denomination. He's Baptist because he's baptizing. And he's got a couple of guys he's mentoring. These are his disciples. And all of a sudden, Jesus shows up for the first time. And I want you to see how excited John is. He points his disciples toward this Jesus, and his disciples end up following Jesus because of what John says. So John chapter 1, if you've got your Bibles, look with me. At verse number 35, again, page 860, if you've got your Bibles, you're in the pew there. And let's look at this passage together. The way Jesus shared his faith. Here we go. So the next day, Scripture says, John was there again with two of his mentors or mentees, two of his disciples, these, these guys he was pouring into. And when he saw Jesus passing by, can you imagine what that would be like? Jesus is beginning his public ministry and he shows up. John said, look, the Lamb of God. And the word Lamb meant so much from the Old Testament that this is the sacrifice for all sins. He is the Lamb of God. And when the disciples heard him say this, they knew what that meant. They followed Jesus. And turning around, Jesus saw these two guys following him, and he said, what do you want? And they said, Rabbi, which means teacher, where are you staying? They're kind of curious. They're beginning to ask. And I think, if I'm honest, when people ask us about faith, when they ask us about church, which usually means they're actually wanting to ask about faith, we have a hesitation because we don't want to appear fanatical, right? We don't want to feel like we're being pushy. And so I think when these guys were asking Jesus, beginning to ask some questions, really they're asking questions about faith, they're wanting to follow him and figure out a little more. I think if we would have been there, this is the way we would have responded. I think we would have been tempted to say, um, I'm going to politely walk away, but can I pray for you later? Or can I get your email address and I'll shoot you some information later on? Like, I just don't want to appear to be that fanatical person, but I want you to see the way Jesus responds. And in recorded history, this is the very first time Jesus ever shared his faith. And it's beautiful. In the next verse, 
He says in verse 39, come and you will see. That's it. It's an invitation to take a step forward. In fact, Jesus in this one moment teaches us that we can share our faith with these three words. Come and see. Just come and see. Just take a step toward me, Jesus says. Come and see. I don't have to convince you of anything. I'm not selling anything. I'm not being pushy. I'm not even making statements. I'm just offering an invitation. Come and see. And I don't know about you, but that doesn't offend me When I hear people sharing their faith in a more pushy way, that's where the rub comes. But what Jesus is doing is offering an invitation to come and see. Now think about how important that is. Because there's an often used quote that many of us have embraced, and I just want to challenge it for just a second. It's this quote. Preach the gospel at all times, and if necessary, use words. Maybe you've heard that quote. It's often attributed to Francis of Assisi, which is an inaccurate, uh, it's, it's not a quote that, that direct to him. He said something similar for different reasons around Christians who were being aggressive. What I think is important is when it comes to this quote, the, the idea is good. The idea is live your life in such a way that is unique, that causes other people to have a thirst as to why you live that way. But if you don't use words, the idea is people will just magically connect the dots that it's Jesus in your life and that's why you're living differently. However, Jesus, who lived the most perfect and unique life on earth, used words. And so Jesus doesn't give us the option of being silent. And so I just want to remind us of the Jesus way is to verbally give invitations. And so having said that, the disciples, who would become the most famous followers in history, began their journey of faith with this simple invitation, come and see. Jesus just said, come and see, and they took a step. We we sometimes around here will say, hey, would you invite someone by saying, come sit with me. It's just a simple invitation that lets people take a step forward. Now, here's what I want to do. I want to fast forward the story because you got to see what happens next. Now we jump forward to Mark chapter 1, and it's several months later after this first interaction where Jesus gave the very first invitation to his disciples in sharing his faith. And now we forward a few months later. They're beginning to interact, some Jesus and his disciples. And now I want you to see it in Mark chapter 1, verse 16. Watch what it says. As Jesus walked beside the Sea of Galilee... He saw Simon and his brother Andrew casting a net into the lake. Not into the hula hoop, but you get the idea, right? Into the lake. For they were fishermen. Now, can you imagine? Jesus is literally showing up at their job, and he is about to invite them to take another step. He's about to offer another invitation, and I want you to see it. It's in verse 17. It says, the first few words, Come, follow me. So instead of come and see, now he's up in the ante and saying, now I want you to come, follow me. Can you imagine if in the 2023, if Jesus showed up at your work and he said, hey, I want you to come follow me, and it was an invitation for you to quit your job and to go follow him. 
Like some of us would be all in, wouldn't we? That's an excuse I've been looking for. And if Jesus lets me do this, I'm turning in the resignation, right? Like what a great opportunity. These fishermen said, I'm leaving the boat. I'm done. I'm following him. But let's be honest. If that were to happen to us, most of us would do this. We would say, now Jesus, I just want to get this in the contract because this is, sounds like a pretty good deal. I'm going to follow you. But here's my only catch. Jesus I want to follow you, but I don't want to sell you. Is that okay, Jesus? Now, you may think this statement feels a little, I wouldn't quite go there, but let's be honest. Isn't this the way a lot of us feel? And isn't the way this a lot of us live? I want to follow you. I want to, I want to be in your word. I want to be in your church. I want to be around your people. I want to do the things, serve I want to, in the community. I want to do those things. But to speak up to others who don't know Jesus and to share my faith just feels like a whole different thing. Jesus, can't I just follow you without having to sell you, which is how it feels, right? The very first disciples are invited to follow him for the very first time. And immediately, look at the rest of the sentence. Jesus said, come, follow me, and I will send you out to fish for people. This is the heart of Jesus. Come, follow me, Jesus said, and I will send you out to fish for people it was immediate it's like wait a minute these people aren't ready yet and Jesus is going no no no. come follow me and I this is what I'm calling you to do this is what it looks like to follow me is you begin to fish for people and it kind of makes sense if we believe what Jesus said is true that every human being needs a redeemer and Jesus is that redeemer it would make sense that once he has become our redeemer that we would want to share him with others so that they too could be redeemed they too could have a relationship with their loving heavenly father and so Jesus says when you come and follow me it means that you immediately begin taking steps toward fishing for people and so If you're new today, I just want you to know this. Every series, we have a memory verse that we invite people to put to memory simply to reinforce the overarching principle of that series. This is the memory verse for this series. So would you say it out loud with me one time? Say it with me. Come follow me, Jesus said, and I will send you out to fish for people, Mark 1.17. I love that. Now, I know it's spring break and we're in the middle of having just lost an hour of sleep. So now let's say it again using our out loud voice, okay? Let's try it again. Ready? Say it with me. Come follow, there we go, Jesus said, and I will send you out to fish for people, Mark 1. I love that. Here's the bottom line. Jesus said, we don't have a choice on this one. If we follow, here it is, followers fish. Followers fish. This isn't a suggestion, this isn't an option, this isn't a, well, I'm going to take a pass on that one. If we are a follower, he says, I will send you out to fish for people. And you may be going, well, wait a minute. That's the problem. I don't want to do that. I don't know how to do that. And that's what this series is about. Let's learn how Jesus taught to fish. Let's learn how Jesus taught to cast. And let's see if it's a refreshing, practical way that's doable, but more important, it's 
obedient. Now, I've got to be honest with you and tell you, this is a confession somewhere along the way. I don't know where it came from. I developed the impression that me changing my behavior and being more holy and me learning more about Scripture and theology was the primary thing on Jesus' heart and was the thing that he was most concerned about. And so these were the steps that I needed to grow and I needed to focus. But the truth is you can't read the Gospels without coming away with one crystal clear truth that Jesus' primary agenda is for people who follow him to introduce others to their loving Heavenly Father. If you follow me, he said, I will send you out to fish for people. So if that intimidates you, welcome to the club. It intimidates all of us, but that's what this series is about. We want to make this as practical and hopefully as helpful as we can. Just know this, we've already seen from Jesus. It starts with this invitation. Come and see. And when Jesus gave this invitation to the disciples to come follow me, watch how they responded in verse 18. It says, at once they left their nets and followed him. And off they go. And let's be honest, most of us go, well, of course. But that's Jesus, right? Like he can say those kinds of things and have that kind of internal impact on people. But the rest of us have stuff messed up in our lives. We don't make that kind of impact in people's lives. I don't feel qualified to give that invitation. I don't feel like I would, make a, I would be received very well from people who may not want to follow him. So surely that's a Jesus thing, not a me thing. And this is where I want you to forward the story a little bit more because now we have a Jesus follower who begins to offer the exact same invitation. And this is a Jesus follower with a very checkered past. And yet, she boldly gives the same invitation. Forward your Bibles, if you would, back to John chapter 4. And I want you to see this lady who was at a well, a water well, in the town of Samaria. And she has a very broken history. And she's sitting there, and Jesus stops by, and he begins to talk with her. And at some point in the conversation, she realizes, I'm talking to Jesus, the Messiah. And she gets so excited and convinced that he's who he says he is that she immediately goes to the people she loves the most. And you know what she does? She offers the same invitation. I want you to see it. In John chapter 4, beginning in verse 28, Scripture says, Then leaving her jar, her water jar, the woman went back to the town and said to the people, say these words in yellow with me, say them with me, Come see a man. Just come and see. Did she know enough? She asked the question, could this be the Messiah? Like, she's not making a statement. She's asking a question. Did she know a lot about theology? Did she know a lot about the Bible? Did she have a lot of experience? No, she just said, you know what? Come see a man who told me everything I ever did. This is what he did for me. Could he be the Messiah? I don't know, but come and see. There's the invitation. Here's what he's doing in my life. I can't not give you the invitation to come and see. And I love that she has a broken past. And it turns out it's not about the inviter being perfect. It's about the inviter pointing to a Savior who is perfect. And so in this story, in this conversation, once again, in case you're tempted like most of us to think, I just don't want to go there. I, I, I want to be a follower. I don't want to be somebody who's trying to sell. I want you to see how much this is on the heart of Jesus. 
Because as we continue in this very same story, when the woman walks away to go to her family that she loves, her friends that she loves, the disciples come back to Jesus in that little break. And they begin to talk, I think the way you and I would talk. Verse 31, it says, Meanwhile, his disciples urged him, so he's sitting here waiting for the woman to come back, and they come up to him, and look what they're focused on. Rabbi, eat something. That's a pretty good thing to be focused on, right? It's almost lunch. Some of you may already be focused on that, right? You're like, hey, that's what's next. I'm thinking about it. These disciples walk up, and they say, Rabbi, eat something. And watch how he responds. I have food to eat that you know nothing about. And then his disciples said to each other, they're very pragmatic, "Uh, did somebody else bring him food? Like, what's going on? What is he talking about? And Jesus says, my food is to do the will of him who sent me. Watch this. And to finish his work. How do we do the will of him who sent me? How do we do God's work? This This is his theme throughout the Gospels, by fishing for people. And then what he says, he, he, he turns it on them and he says, look, I know sometimes we tend to procrastinate. He goes, don't you have a saying that says it's still four months until harvest? And then he says, I tell you, open your eyes and look at the fields. They are ripe for harvest. Jesus is saying, disciples, you are standing near people whose lives are about to be eternally changed and you're focused on lunch. You're focused on something temporary when you don't see there's eternal change going on around you. You're focused on following me, but you're not fishing for me, and you're missing out on what I'm doing around. And this is what he says, there is a blindness to us when we're so focused on the temporary that we've lost sight of the eternal and the eternal souls around us, the people around us who don't yet know Christ, when we lose sight of that, we become blind, he says. And he says, I want you to open your eyes and see. And I wonder if Jesus were here with us today in Collin County where the explosion of people moving from all around. In fact, I just saw last week in the Dallas Morning News that here in Collin County, We are now the second fastest growing county in the country. I wonder if Jesus doesn't look at us. And if he were here, he would say, open your eyes. Look at the fields. They are ripe for harvest. There's so many eternal beings now around us who need a Savior. May we not lose sight with temporary things when we're being surrounded by eternal people who need an eternal salvation, the Savior, Jesus Christ. I think Jesus is moving in this place, in this county, and it isn't about more traffic, more houses, and whether or not we want to see the expansion of this or the expansion of that. If we see it from the eternity, I believe it's a moment in time of people movement that's historic, and it is the ripe harvest time for those of us who follow Jesus. It is a golden opportunity for the kingdom. 
Now, having said all that, I love the result of this story, of this lady who was not qualified, who didn't know anything about the scriptures, who didn't know anything about sharing Christ or how to do it right or how it might be done wrong. She just said, hey, you gotta come see a man who told me everything I ever did. Could this be the Messiah? She's so excited. And look at the result of that down in verse 40. Many of the Samaritans, these were her countrymen, these were her people, from that town believed in Jesus because of the woman's testimony. They knew she was broken, and yet they listened. As she said, he told me everything I ever did. She didn't sell, but she didn't stay quiet. And now watch, in the beginning of verse 42. And because of his words, Jesus' words, many more became believers. And now this is my favorite part. Look at the rest of verse 42. And they, these new believers, said to the woman, This is the greatest thing that can ever be said to you. We no longer believe just because of what you said. Now we have heard for ourselves. And now we know this man really is the Savior of the world. Isn't that our goal? We we don't want people to be excited about us. We want people to be excited about Jesus. We just want to be people who point others to Jesus we aren't qualified we're broken we haven't got it figured out we're not claiming to have it figured out but we just know he's the savior that we just want to point people point people point people come and see we don't want to be silent about it but we don't want to be pushy about it but we do want to give invitation to him the one who makes the conversion the truth is her words didn't change those people she pointed them to the one who changes. In fact, the good news is our job is not to change people. Our job is just to fish. I would even take it a step further. This is what we're talking about in this series. Our job isn't even to catch. Our job is just to cast. We just take the step to give the invitation, and it's up to them and God. Like We leave the work to him that is eternally significant, but we don't stop casting thinking that we will do it when we know best because the truth is, like this story, The temptation is to think when fishing, wrong place, wrong time. That's what it always feels like, wrong place, wrong time. And it will always feel like wrong place, wrong time. And Jesus says, all you got to do is cast, come and see, and you've done your job. I will make followers fishers. This is what Jesus does. That's how we become obedient. So that's why we have as our mission, if you're new here at LifePoint, these four words, and that is simply, share Jesus Build believers. It's the restatement of the Great Commission that we are being baptized, we are baptizing others, there is conversion through sharing of Jesus, and we're teaching others to obey or to follow through the building of believers. But what I love about this statement is we're not saying to sell Jesus, but to share Jesus. And this is our role, that we are regularly sharing him. Now, the dilemma is, I get that, Mark, but... I want to follow him. I just don't want to sell him. And the truth is, when it comes to what Jesus reveals to us right out of the gate with the very first time he ever shared his faith, he reveals to us that sharing Jesus is come and see, not come and sell. But it also isn't silence, right? There is an invita- just a simple invitation, whether it's come sit with me, whether it's come let's have a coffee, but it's a come and see. It is an invitation for someone to take a step forward. We open the door, we don't have to close the deal. We give the invitation, we don't have to sell. He does the changing, 
That's his role. So there's two extremes. I can sell or I can stay quiet. And Jesus offers another way. Come and see. Come and see. So with that said, followers fish. You say, how? I don't know how to do that. Well, that's why we're doing this series. I hope you'll keep coming because each week we're using the word CAST as an acronym. C-A-S-T. And each week we will take the different letter that's practical to help remind us this is how we fish. This is how we cast. Our job's not to catch. Our job is just to cast. So the C of the word cast, come and see. It's the simple invitation. That's how it all begins. I am simply an inviter. I'm a door holder. I'm the one who offers to come sit with me. That's all. That's my role. That's how it begins. That's how it began with Jesus. Now, today is a special day, and you probably don't know this, but today is special because back on March the 12th, 1989, LifePoint had our very first service, and we were born, and today's our 34th birthday. It's pretty cool, right? In fact, yeah. What's really cool about that is, it originally, LifePoint, we originally started in Carlisle Elementary here in Plano, and it was on spring break, and it was spring forward weekend, right? There is a theme. We love this weekend for some reason. And we launched a church on that day. How cool is that? It's like God can do anything. And, uh, and so what I wanted to do just real quick before we talk about some cool things going forward is I just wanted to recognize that this is a special day. This is a day that we can celebrate the faithfulness of God and the blessing of God. And I want to recognize two groups of people, and they don't know that I'm going to do this. But first, I see PG and Cheryl, our founding pastor and his wife. Would you guys stand? Let us just say thank you. Thank you. And then I know there are some of you who are here who were part of that, or you came to LifePoint during the time we were at Carlisle Elementary. If that's you, would you stand? We just want to say thank you for staying and hanging in there. Any of you here today? A few of you, yeah. Oh, I love that. I love that. Here's the reality. Four weeks from today is Easter Sunday April the 9th. And four weeks from today, we're going to ask God to do it again. And we're going to go to another school where young families have gathered and say, we want to be inviters that say, come and see. And 34 years ago, there was a group of people who went to Carlisle Elementary and they just began to be simple inviters and they kept saying come and see come and see come and see we want to introduce you to a man who we believe could be the messiah and lives were changed and people were transformed we are a church because people kept inviting and now four weeks from today we are going to have an easter service at rock hill high school up the road on coit eight and a half miles uh north of here and we're going to be sharing the word on how to get the word out. I wanted to kind of, I promised that last week that I wanted to kind of share a little bit of the marketing strategy that some of you have asked about. How are we going to introduce this new campus to a new neighborhood, to a new community? And can I be just real honest with you, as if I haven't been up till now, but 
Can I be real honest with you and tell you, here is the truth on how this will or won't work. Followers fishing is how we get the word out. You and I inviting others is how this works or doesn't work. In fact, one, it's obedience, but two, 70% of people who attend church attend because someone invited them. That's you and I. That is still the most effective way that people decide to come and to reconsider faith and to begin a journey with other believers toward their Savior. Now, the good news is Easter Sunday is the most likely Sunday that people will say yes to your invitation. So it's a golden opportunity, not to mention the fact it's a new campus and they're going to go, what's that all about? Say, I don't know, come and see, right? you got to come and check it out for yourself. And we're going to do this together. This is what we're talking about four weeks from today. So it's a great opportunity. So what we're going to do on your way out today is we're going to give you an invitation card. And this invite card just looks like this. So this is the front. This is the back. It's very clear, very simple. But it's your way of saying, hey, would you come join me on Easter? Because like Isaac said, we're all going to go up to Rock Hill for that one day because when the baby's born, the family gathers, and we're going to launch this new campus together. And so this is an opportunity for you to say, hey, would you come launch a church with me? How often do you get to do that? Come with me on Easter Sunday. One of the things I love about this is it's an opportunity for you to go to people that you know who might be on the fence and to give them a simple invitation. Hey, would you come sit with me? Would you be my guest on Easter Sunday? And so on your way out today, we're going to give you one of these invites. Now, I want to tell you, uh, Ginger, my wife, as we were talking about it, she's already said, hey, I've got 12 people I'm wanting to invite. I've just kind of been making a list. You might have more than one person that you're wanting to invite. If that's you, you may already know two or three names. On your way out, just tell the people, hey, I need three of those, or however many that you'll need. Or if you just need a big stack, you can go out to the Welcome Center, and there's plenty of these invitations. We'll be giving them out in, as the weeks go forward, so as you think of more folks, you'll have more opportunities. But I want you to take these and to begin to pray, God, who can I invite? Who are the people in my life that I can give this invitation to? And here's the part I love. When, when we have this celebration on Easter Sunday, what are we celebrating? The greatest event in human history, the resurrection. It's what launched our faith. And people who are hurting and learn that there's life after death, that there's more to this life than this life because of our Jesus, who came to this earth and died for us on the cross, and then he miraculously rose three days later. If there's any day that's the best day and the best message for them to hear, it's that day. And so make sure that you take advantage of this. Easter Sunday, Rock Hill High School at 1030. Now, on their way out that day, on our way out that day, Easter Sunday, we're then going to hand everybody this card. And this is front and back. And it's a two-campus invitation that says, listen, there are two campuses with two different times that give you options to be part of this church going forward. And so we want to be able to put that in everyone's hand on the way out. In addition to that, one of the things that we're going to do is have targeted social media ads. And these social media ads could be videos, they could be graphics. Honestly, we're going to test some things and see which ones seem to kind of gain traction. But the idea for you with these social media ads is that you could share them, you could send them to someone, but we're going to target the, the, uh, the, the residents near 
Plano and the residents near Rock Hill uh, with, with uh, these social media ads. In addition to that, we know that we only have one chance to launch a campus and to get the word out that it's coming, it's new. And so we're going to invest some additional resources toward that launch. And so um, we're mailing out 25,000 mailers within the three-mile radius of Rock Hill. This is the front, this is the back. They went out this week. There's another round that'll go out the week before the launch, before Easter, that's inviting folks. It's announcing, hey, we're coming to your neighborhood, and we want to invite you to come. And then finally, the other thing that we're doing is we've rented a billboard that'll go up for six months that's on Preston. And this billboard, if you look, it's south of 380. It's the closest billboard that was available to Rock Hill. And this billboard south of 380 on Preston for southbound traffic is, um, it actually goes up over the next week or so. Uh, Ryan was kind enough to mock it up for us. But that basically this will end up, um, 85,000 cars travel that road each week over the course of six months. Two million cars will go by. Of course, many of them the same people like me who drive it each and every day like many of you do as well. Here, I just want to give this caveat to it all. All of these external announcements and marketing are good, but this is air support for the ground troops, right? In other words, what's most effective is you and I one-on-one -on -one inviting people. And then the external marketing becomes effective when they go, oh, that's the thing that Bob invited me to, that, that Mary invited me to. And then there's a partnership where there is air support for the work that we are all doing as the ground troops. But just know that's helpful. This is what will be effective. And so we're excited about taking these steps forward and that we can do it together. Four weeks from today, we launch that bad boy one way or the other, all right? Easter Sunday, April the 9th at 1030. Now, if you're new here today and you're like, man, we're talking a lot about inviting people. Let me just tell you why we're excited about that. Because our Jesus is so in love with us. And it all began when he gave us that gentle draw to come and see him, to discover him. And if you've never taken that step, and you may feel that gentle draw today, you don't have to have it all together. You don't have to know all the answers to your questions. But you can just take a step forward toward this wonderful Jesus. I want to spend the rest of my life sharing him with others and letting others know he is their redeemer and he gives them purpose and he gives them salvation. And this is our opportunity to do that, to make sure that we're sharing Jesus with others and we don't get lost on the temporary things that so easily grab our attention. So with that said, if you are not a Jesus follower, but you would like to take a step toward that. You're just wondering about that. I'm going to give you two options. Number one, after the service today, we have a prayer area here behind the tech booth, behind that black curtain. You can go and folks will pray with you. We would love to do that. I'm going to be out in the lobby along with other staff. We would love to come up to me. I would love to pray with you today. If you're not ready to even take that step, let me just invite you to keep coming. Keep coming. Keep taking steps toward discovering who Jesus is. We won't always be a perfect representation of him, but I promise you, he won't let you down. Now, if you are a Jesus follower, here's what you know. 
somebody played a part in you becoming a Jesus follower, in you becoming a Christian. Someone went fishing and they cast their line in your direction. I wonder who that was for you. For me, it was my dad. I remember being raised in church and I was so fortunate. And I remember there were um, times where I was curious. I never felt like it was being, I was being sold or it was being pushed. But I remember there was a moment when I went to my dad, I just kind of wanted to cross the line of faith and decide that I was all in, whatever that meant. Didn't know even the questions to ask, let alone the answers. And I went to my, my dad, and my dad opened up the Bible, and he began to uh, talk with me, and, and, uh, and then we prayed together. And my dad introduced me to Jesus. And my dad, who's in heaven now, of all the things he could have given me, of all the things he did give me, the greatest gift he gave me was introducing me to Jesus. And I will be eternally grateful because my dad could have been tempted to not push or to push or to be silent, but instead he just knew what he needed to do and he kept doing it. And my dad understood that Jesus' primary agenda is for followers to introduce others to their loving heavenly Father. And here's my question for you. Who will be thanking you for giving them the invitation to come and meet Jesus? Because of all the things you could give your friends and your family members and your neighbors, the greatest gift you can ever give is to point them to Jesus, is to invite them to come and see. And may we not be like those disciples in John 4 who got so distracted with temporary things that we became blind and we lost sight of the fields around us that are ready for harvest. This is why the second campus will exist so we can share Jesus and build new believers for his glory. We want to fish, we want to cast, and we want others to know him. So with that said, how in the world do we share Jesus? Sharing Jesus is unique in that it's not about selling. Sharing Jesus is come and see, not come and sell. And if you're wondering, like, I don't know how, what does that invitation look like? Here are just some quick ideas as we wrap it up. Sharing Jesus looks like an invitation to our Easter service. We've talked about that on the way out. We'll give you some invitations for that. It could be to coffee. It could be to dinner. Where you're just getting to know somebody beyond the superficial relationship you might have at work, right, with your neighbor. Like, let me actually get to know you. Who are you? This is who I am. Let's build a connection here. It could be to have a faith conversation, or it could be to serve with you in the community. Over the next month, we have several opportunities to serve in the community. You can go to our website to find out about those. You may want to invite someone to serve with you. It's a come and see approach. It's a posture of the heart to say, come and see, and use that language and that humility instead of a come and sell. And finally, I just want to say, there's somebody in your life that helped introduce you to Jesus. I don't know who that person might be. And maybe over the next few days, you would want, for me, it was my dad. I don't know who it would be for you. Maybe over the next few days, you would just want to send a text or write an email and thank the person 
who shared Jesus with you and gave you the greatest gift of all. Someday, we'll stand in heaven, won't we? And we'll be with him, Jesus the Savior. And oh, could we just have as many people around us be there to worship him for all of eternity. If you follow Jesus, he says, I will send you to fish for people. May we cast with a loving, humble heart and introduce others to him. Let's pray. God, we thank you for just the clarity of recording for us the very first time Jesus shared his faith and revealing how much this is on your heart that we be fishers. So God, help us to take a step. It might not be a big step, but to take a step toward activity in this area. We want to be about what's on your heart. So God, with gratitude we come, saying thank you for those who poured into us. Now may we pour into others. For your glory, I pray. In Jesus' name, amen. I hope today's message was an encouragement to you. And if you'd like a little more information about our church, just visit us on our website at lifepointplano.org.